Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Bridget Spackman. And Michelle Emerson, and we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher. Listen, are you a book lover? If not, then this episode is going to be a bit of a struggle for you because we want to share some of our favorite books that we have either read or will read this summer. But first, let's hear a TSH from Hilda, although it's very on brand with this episode. Hilda says, I'm an avid reader. While I think it's a great hobby to have, once I start reading a book, I struggle to put it down. This sucks away several hours of my time every week, but I can't stop buying new books to read. Help. You know what? It's so funny because I don't feel like I'm that way with books, but I am that way with podcasts. Mm. So if I'm like listening to a podcast, like I can't stop listening until I like get the series or whatever it might be done. So I completely understand from that point. But I would honestly just set timers. I think timers are a great way for you to be able to help give yourself a starting point and an ending point and stay committed to that. It's almost like you have to have that discipline in order to say, yep, I'm going to stop here and then I will pick it up maybe a little bit later on in the day. What are your thoughts? What's so funny is I'm the exact opposite with podcasts. I'm very good at like pausing and I'll come back to it because I only listen to podcasts when I'm in my car or if I'm outside going for a walk. And so I know I'm going to come back to it like within a day. But with books, once I start a book, I feel like I have to finish it. It's almost like I don't, I want to be able to let my brain really absorb it all. I'm not the type of person that can read for like, oh, I'm going to read 30 minutes every day. No, no, no. I'm going to spend two days like diving into this book and then I won't read for another like week or two. So for me, Hilda, what I would say is, Do not start reading a book until you know that you have the time on your schedule to actually finish it. That's what I've started doing with myself, where I will wait to start a book until I know that I'll be able to finish it within like two or three days. Very smart. I like that idea. That's a really good perspective. And I love that we both have very different personalities in that sense, because I think a lot of our listeners are probably the same way. Yeah. Um, So Michelle and I have been reading more and more books lately from professional development books, business books, and then just some fun reads. So we want to share some of those titles with all of you. And let me just say, I have never been a huge reader, but 2023 is my year. I have currently read 12 books thus far, and I keep joking that that's like 11 more than I read last year. And I'm not joking. (laughs) Like I joke about it, but I'm actually not joking. That's the most that I think I've ever read in a year. And obviously it's only at this point, it's May. So I know I'm going to read a lot more before the year is done. I am now enjoying that sense of accomplishment from finishing a book. And I have always been the type where I would buy books with the intention of reading them and just never actually read them. And so it feels good now. It's almost like checking things off my list where I'm like, oh, I actually read that. (laughs) Yeah, no, I completely understand. Um, And if you are the same way and you are really trying to make 2023 the year where you're reading more books, then we have a book review that's coming up next week. And so if you are new to the podcast, we do a book review every summer and then every January. And we are going to share a book review for Deep Work by Cal Newport. Again, it's Deep Work by Cal Newport. So if you want to read the book yourself before the book review goes live, you can grab it on Amazon or other bookstores and we'll leave a link down in the show notes. 
So we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, Bridget and I are each going to share books that we have read, as well as books that are on our list that we plan to read in the next couple of weeks or so. So hopefully you can get some ideas for yourself. Bridget, do you know the song Free Fallin' by Tom Petty? Uh, can you sing it to me? Trust me, no one wants to hear that, but you can Google it if you don't know the song. Anyway, I can't help but think of that song because we have a new freebie. Oh, I see what you did there and I love it. But yes, we do have a new monthly review planner insert and we are giving it to you all for free. If you head to teachingonthedouble.com right on the homepage and scroll down, you will see the link to have it sent directly to your email. Basically, it's an editable template that can be used to reflect on your month and then set goals moving forward. It can be added into either the tablet or Google Slides digital planners, and it includes both portrait and landscape orientations. Plus, it can be reused again and again. That's right. If you love this freebie and want to try any of our other digital planner inserts, check out our store at teachingonthedouble.com slash store and grab yourself some lesson planning inserts or unit planning inserts. And now back to the episode. We're back. And before we jump into the books that we've read, I thought, you know, Bridget and I could each plug our books because we did just publish books at the beginning of May, which is really exciting. (laughs) And we even had the same publication date, which we did not plan, but it's also adorable. So my book is called First Class Teaching, 10 Lessons You Don't Learn in College. It is geared toward new teachers to help with that transition from college to the classroom. But I have had quite a few veteran teachers who said they felt like it was full of great reminders as well. You can get it on Amazon and Barnes and Noble again, First Class Teaching, 10 Lessons You Don't Learn in College. And Bridget, tell us about yours. Yeah, my book is called Building the Literacy Block. And this is essentially the book that I wish that I would have had when I transitioned from kindergarten to fourth grade ELA. So it is filled with information that you need for structuring an authentic and rigorous literacy block in upper elementary. Um, It talks about building a foundation to how to create a really good lesson and implementing that mini lesson to conferences and book talks and all of the things that you can possibly imagine. Again, I think this is the one that I wish I would have had when I first started transitioning because it would have made my life so much easier. And it is as well as Michelle's available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, all of the different locations. We'll leave those links in the show notes. And I will be 100% transparent and say that one of those 12 books I have read thus far was my book. Like I counted that in my 12 <laughs> that I have read. She but had to. She had, I had to, like to check that one off. <laughs> Other than that, um, I'm going to start by sharing some of the teaching books that I have read thus far. And then I will share a couple of books that are not teaching related. So First was a book that I actually reread. I have already read this previously, but I like to sometimes come back to books and get refreshers. Mm -hmm. It is called Making Sense of Mathematics for Teaching the Small Group. 
It is by Julie K. Dixon, Lisa A. Brooks, and Melissa R. Carley. Now, there are several of the Making Sense of Mathematics books. There's ones for like primary grades, like K2, there's 3-5, there's like a middle school and I think even a high school version. And then there is the one for teaching small group. Honestly, I love all of them. They're really good at breaking down how those different math topics kind of progress across the grades and the best strategies for teaching them. And the one for small group is really about how to structure your small group time in order to get your students to understand the math concepts, not just regurgitate an algorithm. So if you have ever struggled with that, highly recommend that book. The second one that I read was called Driven by Data or Data, however you want to say it, (laughs) 2.0. And that is by Paul Bambrick Santoyo. I probably butchered that. I'm so sorry. I think that was good. Well, thank you. Now, I'll be honest. It wasn't a book I loved. It was very wordy. Um, I mean, it was all about, yeah, it was about like being able to collect data and then like, especially through assessments and things, and then use that data to drive your instruction. I just didn't feel like it was laid out in a way that's super easy for like the average classroom teacher to understand. I felt like it was more geared toward higher level, like administrators who are wanting to adopt a model like school-wide. So I can't say I 100% um, recommend that, but I guess if you're wanting to do a deep dive, then there you go. And it's not based on like a specific subject. Correct. It's just like okay. in general, but it's it's definitely geared towards some of those like higher stakes assessments and being able okay. to take the data from those. Um, the next two were both related to differentiation. So I read How to Differentiate Instruction in Academically Diverse Classrooms by Carol Ann Tomils- Tomlinson. I always want to say Tomlinson, but it's Tomlinson. Um, and that one is very good at just giving you like a refresher of what differentiation really is and what it can look like in your classroom. I know we all learned about differentiation in college, but sometimes we try to overcomplicate it and we think we have Mm -hmm. to have like a different lesson for every kid. And it's a good book for reminding you like some of those subtle changes you can make in order to differentiate your instruction. The other one I read is called Differentiation in the Elementary Grades, Strategies to Engage and Equip All Learners. And that is by Christina J. J. Dubit. I probably butchered that as well. And Jessica A. Hockett. So that one, it's a little bit lengthier of a book, but it does give you some more specific like activities and things to be able to use for differentiation. It's a great resource, like read it through, but then also like bookmark some pages and like highlight yeah. so you can easily go back and, and like reference those activities. If you were to recommend out of the two to read first, when, which one would you do? I would read the the first one that I mentioned. I would read that first. It's a good okay. overview for deepening your understanding of like what you can differentiate and how you can differentiate it. Okay. And then the second book is better for like specific activities and resources once you have that understanding, if that makes okay, sense. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, it does. Um, And then two more like teaching related books. I read Educator Wellness, A Guide for Sustaining Physical, Mental, Emotional, and Social Well-Being by Timothy Canold is how I'd pronounce it, I guess. Um, It was okay. It was 
a good reminder of like some basic things like, you know, getting enough sleep and eating healthy. But mm-hmm. I'll be honest, like I didn't I didn't get anything substantial from it. And I can remember I was reading it in a car dealership, like the Mazda dealership while they were doing they were fixing my tire. I got a flat tire and it was a quick read. I mean, I had to wait about two hours and I read the whole thing in that time. Oh, wow. So it's a good like basic surface level, but it, it tells you what you already know. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and then the last teaching one is called the happy teacher habits, 11 habits of the happiest, most effective teachers on earth by Michael Linson. I just finished this one this past week. And again, it was good. Each chapter focuses on a different habit, but I use that term loosely because to me, each chapter has like a one word and it's more of a focus and less of a habit because to me a habit is more like a specific action and these were more like just like things to focus on or things to remember again I think there's some good reminders in there and it's more of a like bird's eye view of what you need to be doing it's less detailed and like in the minutiae which sometimes we need to like step back because we kind of overcomplicate things so I think it's a good reminder from that and again it's a, a quick easy read other books that are not teaching related. I read It Ends With Us by Colleen Hoover, which my mom had gotten me for my birthday, but I didn't actually read it until January. Loved it. I I didn't want to love it because it was so hyped up on social media, but I did really, really enjoy that book. It's a fiction book. I also read Free to Focus by Michael Hyatt, which is kind of more businessy. Have you read that one, Bridget? I have not read that one. I have it okay. as an, an audiobook, but I have not listened to it yet. Okay. I'll be honest. I had started to read this book two prior times and just never got into it. So I finally forced myself to like restart it and read it all the way through. It's a good reminder in terms of like productivity. It's it's a lot of the stuff we already talk about. Like I felt validated because I'm like, oh, yeah. I already do that. So it's got some good reminders. But again, I didn't have any major like takeaways, things I didn't already know. I also read Matthew Perry's memoir. Um, It's called Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Thing. I really enjoyed it. I love, you know, Friends, the show. And so I knew that Matthew Perry had struggled with substance abuse, but I don't think I realized to what degree. And it was very interesting to hear some of his stories of what was going on behind the scenes that people had no idea about. And honestly, you read it and you're like, how is he even still alive? But I think more people need to be open and vulnerable about things like that. Like we all struggle with something and the way that we cope with it is very different. And so... I never judge people who, you know, struggle with like substance abuse, even though that has never been something I have struggled with. Mm-hmm. I know that we all cope with our our demons, if you will, in different ways. And it's interesting to hear other people's perspectives with that. So I did really enjoy that book. And then the last one was The Champion's Mind, How Great Athletes Think, Train, and Thrive by Jim Aframau. Af- Aframo, something like that. Um, I read this going into my last powerlifting meet. I always like to read a like sports psychology related book before a meet. However, I did not love this one. It was a dud. I was reading it and I'm like, this is horribly written. And usually I read books and I'm I love hearing different authors like writing styles. Like I can hear it in my head. No, this, I'm sorry, it sucked. It it just it was one cliche after another. There was no flow. I felt like he just, whatever came to his mind, he just like wrote down. Oh, dear. I, it was not, it was not the, the read. <laughs> yeah. 
Man, girl, you have read a lot of books. I know. I'm sorry. That was a it's lot. Wild. But <laughs> I, I definitely don't have as many books as Michelle. So mine are not going to take up as much time. And I am very sorry, but a lot of mine are going to be literacy based. So uh, next time, if there is a next time that we do this, hopefully I can uh, vary up my reads here. But one of the books that I read was Powerful Teaching by Agrawal, um, Pooja Bain. Patrice. So hopefully I did that right. <laughs> Either way, this book was a little bit challenging for me to get through, but it has some really, really good information. So this is all about the research and the science about how our brains learn. So it's not literacy based. So you, anyone can really do this. I did feel as though that it was a little bit more like middle school, high school related than it was lower elementary. But I have found that I was able to take away a lot of the tools um, and strategies that they talked about and just adapt it for my grade level. But some of those like essential strategies that you're going to hear from them are going to be like retrieval practice, spacing, interleaving, and then feedback driven metacognition. So lots of like very sciencey words. Um, again, that's kind of probably why it was a little bit harder for me to get like get through. But I also felt as though it was really important for me to to just learn about. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But a good read either way. So uh, the second book is The Writing Rope love, love, loved the writing rope. I think I got through the writing rope in like two or three days. So that was a pretty quick one for me. And the writing rope is by Joan Sedita. Sedita. And Joan Sedita is basically the creator of what is known as like the writing rope. So now we have the reading rope. We also have a writing rope, which really discusses the components of like all of the pieces of writing that we need to be aware of when we're teaching kids. And oftentimes like we will just say, hey, here's a prompt, go out and write. But really, there needs to be an explicit model and instructional process that we go through so that we are ensuring that we're hitting all of the components that are embedded into writing because it is such a big and broad thing. Um, Overall, I felt like it was very validating for me to read that book because a lot of the things that she was saying, and I'm like, yep, I was doing that. Yep, that's what I talk about. Yep, that's what I preach. So I really, really enjoyed it. The third book that I read was Reading Above the Fray by Julia Lindsay. Loved this book. Very quick read as well. I think it has some really good information, especially if you are new to phonics instruction and really implementing phonics instruction. So she goes in depth and talks a lot about alphabetic principle, knowledge, phonemic versus um, phonological awareness and the differences between that and the strategies that you can use to implement like teaching students about how to read and write. So decoding and encoding words. It was a great read. Hands down would recommend it to any literacy teacher, especially upper elementary who are finding that their students are just really below grade level and they mm. need to support them with that phonics instruction. I think this is a great book for you if you need somewhere to go. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. The next one was a recommendation from my cousin, and it is Shake Up Shared Reading by Maria Walther. Now, loved this book. It was a great read, very simple. But one of the biggest concerns that I had this year was fluency with my kids, because my mm. students were really below 
grade level reading wise. And so I really wanted to incorporate more opportunity for fluency instruction. And he recommended this shared reading book. And it's great. She goes in depth about shared reading, what it is, some of the benefits that you can have from it, how you implement it. And then she gives you a ton of different lessons. I will say the lessons felt to me very like K2 world. So if you are a K2 world, this is going to be great for you. Um, But I was able to take a lot of the strategies and then just kind of accommodate them and change them up just a bit to, to make it fit for upper elementary. The next book um, is Shifting the Balance by Jan Birkins. And I read this one quite some time ago, but it is one that I really, really enjoy, especially with this shift of the science of reading focus. And Mm. so this is a really good like beginner book. If you don't really have a very solid understanding of what is the science of reading, Shifting the Balance does that. Now, this is a K2 book, and I'm very, very excited because there is a 3.5 version that is going to be coming out in September. So that is available for pre-order and it is in my cart. I need to pre-order it soon. Is that the one, I feel like I've seen that show up on my Amazon where it almost has like layers of like different Mm -hmm. colors and it looks like the pages are like torn. Okay. Okay. Because when you said that title, I was like, I swear I've seen that. I know. And the 3-5 version, it's interesting because the white are the pieces that are torn and the colors behind the white. Mm. So it's like, Mm. I like that they, they did that. That was pretty smart. Yeah. Okay. Very nice. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy that you had a lot of literacy based ones because I did not, because that's not my jam. (laughs) I know it's mine. So it it, it balanced out. Um, so now we are each going to share kind of the books that are on our radar, the books that we are wanting to read. Obviously, as we mentioned, we have that, that book review coming up. So I think on both of our lists is deep work by Cal Newport. Are you doing yours through like the Kindle Bridget? Yes. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm a physical book person. I wish I could get into the Kindle. Maybe I will someday, someday, but I did order my copy and I put it aside because I didn't want to read it too far away from when we were yeah, recording. I, I want it to be fresh, you know? Yeah. I think I'm going to read it after this week. So once I yeah. finish school, because this is my last week of school this week. Um, and then I have like two days right after, but those are teacher days. And honestly, I'm going to have my room packed up. So maybe I'll just like take out my blanket and go sit out in the grass and read. <laughs> Beautiful. That sounds delightful. Yeah, I plan on once Billy and I get back from our our trip where we're going overseas, I'll probably go ahead and read it. But that is obviously on my list. Another book on my list. Have you heard of this book, Bridget? It's called Man's Search for Meaning, and it's by Victor E. Frankel. I haven't. Okay. This is one of those books that I kept hearing about from several different like people that I follow in different areas like business and fitness. And I would hear people mention this book and everyone who mentioned it said like it became their favorite book and it's just like a must read. So that is on my list. I don't really know. I mean, when based on the title, it sounds like, you know, meaning of life and why, what's your purpose? That's what I'm thinking it is, but I will find out once I actually read it. Um, (laughs) I also have on my list a book called No Excuses, The Power of Self-Discipline by Brian Tracy. I'm very much into discipline and being able to like 
manage yourself, if you will. So I'm interested to read that book. And then this is more of a sports kind of book. It's called Relentless by Tim Grover. I had started reading it before my second powerlifting meet, but I didn't finish it before the meet and then I just stopped reading it. So I need to restart it because I don't remember it. And that's why, as I mentioned, I can't read a little bit at a time. I have to like dive into a book to really be able to get it. But it's a lot more like non-teaching related books because I've read, as you saw, a lot of teaching related books thus yes. far. So yeah. what about no, you? For sure. Um, so I have a few that are going to be a couple of teaching and then a couple of that are more business side. So Powerful by Patty McCord is one that I have been wanting to read. And this is more of just like a business side book. And I'm going to be honest, I don't remember anything about what it's about. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it has to do with something about running a business. So that is why it's on my list. But interesting enough is that that book and the second one, which is Radical Candor by Kim Scott, these two books were books that Michelle and I had purchased for ourselves a long time ago. Remember when we purchased like a bunch of business books? Yes. And I and then didn't do anything with them. And then we didn't do anything with them. <laughs> these are the two books that have been sitting on my side table dresser that I just need to read. That's where when we got Free to Focus by Michael Hyatt, that was one of the ones we had ordered. And remember, I took it with me and then Uh didn't read it for like three years. I know. (laughs) But here we are. I did. They're sitting there. I am going to read them, though. They are they are going to be read by the end of the summer. So those are two like businessy books that I'm going to read. The third one is called The Construction Zone. And this is a reread for me. I genuinely love, 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 love this book because it's all about the um, about scaffolding instruction. So the gradual release model. And so in this book, um, Terry Thompson just goes through and discusses like how to implement the gradual release model and of your classrooms, which is something that I think we all should be doing more of. So it's a book that you should check out. And then I am going to reread another one because it's been a few years since I've had it, but I really love these books, Disrupting Thinking. And this one is by Kyleen Beers and Robert Probos. Probost, I believe is how it is pronounced. Um, and I really just enjoy this because it really just challenges you to, to get your students thinking about the content that they're learning. So Love both of those books. And then finally, um, Blaine and I will read books together. So Blaine and I will read books. And then I am thinking about having Ian starting to read books out loud to me. So he's going through the process right now of trying to purchase some because he doesn't enunciate very well. And so I need him to start practicing reading out loud so we can Mm -hmm. practice that enunciation. So um, Blaine is very, very interested in D-Day and like war books. So we picked up a few of those together because we had a scholastic book fair not that long ago. And then I also got him some like more simple reads, like new graphic novels that are out for the I Survived books, um, which those are a huge hit inside of my classroom. And then I got him a Mike Lupica book, which Mike Lupica is all about like sports like he is a sports. oh yeah yeah so I got him a okay. basketball one because my son like Blaine is really into basketball and then Ian's really into like fl- like flying he wants to be a pilot so we we're getting him a couple of those that he's going to be reading those as well so Very those nice. are my list well hopefully that gave everyone listening some ideas of for books to be able to read I know it can be hard to find time to read like during the school year. And I feel like summer is the perfect time to just, as you mentioned, like sit outside or just be able to really 
pick out books that you want to read. And I think that that's important, just like with our students, like we want them to love reading. And so I feel like summer is the perfect time to kind of rediscover that love of reading for yourself. And hopefully that gave you some ideas. Yeah. But we would also love (laughs) if you would head over to teachingonthedouble.com. From there, you can purchase our new 2023-2024 digital teacher planners for the upcoming school year. So you can spend a little bit of time getting those ready. Again, we have the tablet versions as well as the Google Slides versions and all the beautiful stickers that you can use inside of them as well as some of those planning inserts. You can also submit your own time-sucking hurdle. Maybe it's reading a book. I don't know. We'll see. But if you click TSH at the top of the website, you can submit that for the chance to be featured on a future episode. We would also love for you to subscribe to the podcast. That way you are notified every time we drop a new episode on Thursday morning. And if you enjoy it, please, please, please leave us a review on iTunes. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, just scroll down to the bottom and you'll see where you can leave a review. We truly do read every single one, and it helps us get into the ears of so many more teachers. And until next time, be timely, stay organized, and be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.